Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the By Word Show. So glad you're here today. It's going to be a fun one. And I... I'm honestly just so excited to sit here and pick your brain. We've got Dr. Kayla Borchers here with us today to talk all things holistic women's health, especially for preconception, pregnancy, postpartum, which y'all know I'm living in it. So mm -hmm. Dr. Kayla, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the By Word Show. Would you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here. I am a doctor of physical therapy who did all of my training at a large research institution, went right away into working there as well post-graduation for a sports medicine department and absolutely loved what I was doing, but I kept finding that people were seeing me at their wit's end. So when they needed to have surgery because of significant hip pain or when they were having terrible sciatica pain during pregnancy and could mm. barely move. And I was like, there just has to be a better way. Like we can help these people as movement experts before they are at a point where they're in so much pain they can't do their daily life activities. So um, when I became pregnant with my first child, I did a ton of research in continuing education for physical therapists on how to support your body before, during, and after pregnancy. I was able to apply that to myself and then have my second kiddo do the same thing. And after my second, I was just like, I want to help women in a more holistic way, in a more proactive way. So I ended up leaving my medical center job and opening my own private practice here in Columbus, Ohio. I treat clients in person, but also virtually. So no matter where you are in the world, we can work together through, you know, virtual coaching services. But I absolutely love what I do. I help I love helping women in a more proactive way and in a more holistic way so that you can really just feel your best during this special time of life. I love that. And I think that's so special especially pairing your holistic experience like with with wellness with the physical therapy side of things because I've never heard that as a pair before, but I'm sure that's mm -hmm. just such a like a well-rounded approach to take because really you're right. There is so much you can do proactively. And I know, gosh, I, for one, and I've had conversations with so many other women who have felt that same way where it's like, I'm out of options. I don't know what else to do. I've got to do some digging now because treating symptoms is no longer enough. So I think mm -hmm. it's really cool that you help women do that specifically during the childbearing years. So what, what got you excited about doing that? Like what has been your experience transitioning to focusing on moms? Yeah, I'm living it. I'm in this season myself. I have a four-year-old. Well, she'll be four in a couple of days. And then I have a 20-month-old. So I have a little girl and a little boy. And um, we are looking forward to growing our family again in the future. And I am just in this phase of preconception, pregnant, postpartum, breastfeeding, preconception again, pregnant, postpartum, <laughs> breastfeeding. Like, right. <laughs> so I am in the cycle. I am living it. And I know what it's like to be a working mom during this time. So I do work part-time. I see clients three days a week, which is perfect for our family life right now. It's been a really great balance, but I know what it's like to be a stay-at-home mom on those days. I'm home with my kids and I know what it's like to be a working mom on those days I have to do daycare drop-off. So I get it. I get how overwhelming it can feel to work time in for yourself. But what I like to tell my clients and what I remind myself is that if you don't pour into you, you are going to experience symptoms down the road that prevent you from being the best mom that you can be. You know, if you want to chase after your kids at the park and not pee your pants, there's help for that. You know, like there is work we can do so that you can go chase yeah. your kiddo and you're not like, 
oh, I'm wearing green shorts today. Like I, you'll be able to tell if I leak. You know, you don't have to only wear black pants so that when you go on a run, you're not leaking. You don't have to live with hip pain every time you guys do a car trip or you fly on a plane for vacation. Like these are things that so many women live with and they write off as normal. And they're like, oh, it's just the time of life that I'm in. That's not yep. true. Like you do not have to live that way. You can really enjoy these years. You can thrive during these years and it can be done in a science-backed yet holistic way that is also non-overwhelming. So that is literally what I do for myself. And I have been able to, you know, run a half marathon a few months after having a kiddo. Um, I like to say, wait at least three months before you start running. So I was like, I think eight months postpartum when I did my half um, and felt great. I have been able to go on hiking trips when I am pregnant um, and hike into good elevation. Like, but I wouldn't be able to do those things if I wasn't supporting my body in the process. So that's what I like to help women do as well. That's really cool because you mentioned two things that are very contrasting, but I feel like women are either or they're in the overwhelmed. There's so much information. What do I do? Like I have so many friends right now who are also pregnant. I'm pregnant right now when, when we're mm -hmm. recording this and there's so much information. It's like, eat this, don't eat this, avoid this, make sure you do this. And it's like, I don't even know where to begin. And then we have that, that term thrive, which you said, which I feel like we all want, but sometimes it feels so unattainable. It's like, oh, if I really want to live my best life, thrive, feel optimal health, I have to make sure I'm eating perfect and doing X, Y, Z. And it's like, it's, it's very, maybe it's just me because I'm a black and white person, but it's like, okay, I either am overwhelmed or I have to change my entire life and be so strict and rigid on these routines in order to thrive. And so I love the way that you have connected the dots for women because you're so right. It's not normal. And I have been in situations where I've felt, you know, fatigue, headaches, things like that, hormone imbalance, where I just thought, okay, I guess this is just my life. I guess this is what mm -hmm. it is to age. And I've had doctors say, no, like there's something else going on here. You don't have to live this way. And so it's really encouraging that you're helping women do this during the parenting, the motherhood years, because it is so mm -hmm. important to be able to show up for your kids. So I would love to just, will you just break it down for us? Like phase by phase, I guess we can start with the preconception because that would be yeah. the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So what are, what would you say are some key things for women who are planning to conceive or in the preconception phase and how can they optimize their health and well-being during this time? Yeah. So first and foremost, like you mentioned, there's kind of two camps. Sometimes we're overwhelmed and there's too much information. And then sometimes there's just not enough. And you're like, where are the resources that are credible in yeah. this space? You know? Yeah. Um, so preconception that can get women in a lot of trouble if they are on the side of overwhelm. So if you are on the side of things where you have dug into all the research, you read all the books, you are following all the people and you feel constantly overwhelmed because you think you should be doing all of the things. My recommendation for you is to just pause to take a deep breath and to focus on one trusted resource, like find a trusted resource that can be me, that can be someone, you know, you are already connected to and follow what they have to say. You know, they will probably be sharing other pages and other, you know, content that's connected with, um, you know, other referral bases. So for instance, I will share things by a functional medicine dietitian that I work closely with. Um, so, you know, you can still get a holistic approach from other providers, 
But what gets people into a lot of trouble is if they're following like 10 different providers on say you know instagram and then they're like doing all these google deep dives and like oh my friend said this and they get stressed and they get overwhelmed and that is when you get in trouble um our bodies need to feel safe in order to conceive and so if you are doing quote all the right things you're eating right you're taking all the right supplements you are you know you think you're exercising perfectly our bodies actually start to feel super stressed and start to, you know, go inward and not feel safe to conceive because of the stress that your body feels under. So that is actually like the top, you know, recommendation and overarching and something that often gets missed because the, you know, patient, the client is feeling like I'm doing all the things. Why am I not getting pregnant? It's because you are putting too much pressure on yourself. And that's why you hear stories of, okay, I just, you know, the, you know, your friend stops doing all the things and they just relax and they, they're and their husband are like, we're just going to adopt. Like this just isn't in the cards for us. And then they get pregnant. Well, it's because <laughs> they have let go of the stress factor. They've, they've let themselves just, just live, you know? Um, so I very much live by like an 80, 20 rule. I do a lot of really good things to support my body. I would say like 80% of the time. But 20% of the time we go out to dinner and I do not ask if they prepared my food with seed oils. It's okay if you have a meal here and there that maybe uses a higher inflammatory oil that is not ideal. I never cook with that at home. I don't buy packaged goods with that at home. But when I'm out and about, sometimes that happens. Or if you're at a cookout and your mom prepared something, you know, that you loved from childhood and it's going to bring up feel-good emotions for you, eat it. There is benefit from an emotional and psychological standpoint compared to the stress of, oh, but that's not the healthiest version of a food that I could put in my yeah. body. So that is, that's a big one. <laughs> but then in terms of things you can do proactively, I think this is so important because it is not often talked about. I myself went to my first you know yearly appointment after my husband and I got married and we weren't ready to grow a family yet, but we wanted to down the road. And I was like, what can I do to support my body now? And they're like, oh, just when you're ready, you know, just have fun with it. And if you're not pregnant in six months, come back, you know, we'll talk. Why not give women proactive things they can do in that moment? So Mm. what I like to educate patients on is, you know, if you are considering conception in the next few months, two years, you know, you could be three years out. You can still start focusing on things now to support your hormones and to support your health. Um, And then it'll just make conception that much easier when that time comes. So those big overarching things would be to swap out any products that have, you know, toxins that are not regulated. So Mm. our country does not regulate fragrance or perfumes and allows many chemicals into personal care products that are not good for our body and that are shown to be endocrine disruptors that could cause cancer. But in terms of fertility, being an endocrine disruptor or affecting, you know, the way our hormones are, are made, um, that can impact fertility and that can take time to get out of your system. So that's Mm -hmm. why doing this, you know, years in advance before you're even talking about starting a family can be really helpful. Um, so from a sustainable perspective, from a financial perspective, don't go throw everything out right now. Just as you run out of something, throw that in the trash and get something that is good. Um, Beauty Counter, all of their brands are EWG certified. EWG is a database that you can type uh, products into and see what their rating is. 
So um, Beauty Counters are really good, Primally Pure, good ones. Those are two brands that I personally use and really like. Um, so if you're listening to this and have any questions, feel free to reach out to me directly. I'm happy to give you some recommendations in that regard um, and help you filter through what might be best for you. Looking at, you know, your cookware, are you using high, like, nonstick pans that actually are coated in, you know, some toxic substances that especially once they start to scratch, you know, those substances are getting through into your yep. food. So maybe using cast iron or something like a caraway pan um, that is really high quality. So you can go through, you know, your whole, we can go through everything on that and spend like a whole episode talking about that stuff. But uh, type things into EWG. You can do like cleaning products too, swapping that out, just all of the things so that you're creating a healthier living environment for yourself. And then from a nourishment perspective, we touched on that a little bit, but making sure that you're fueling your body appropriately. A lot of women will skip breakfast and just kind of go straight into their day. That's one of the worst things you can do from a preconception <laughs> standpoint. You want to make sure within 30 minutes of waking or at least by that 60 minute mark of waking. I also suggest starting your day with a glass of water so that you're hydrating right off the bat. And then considering electrolytes, using something like a squeeze of lemon juice, a pinch of sea salt, and perhaps some trace minerals in your water to get um, some electrolyte supports to help your hydration get to where it needs to go in your body. Um, element packs are also great for that. And then from nourishment perspective too, looking into a really bioavailable prenatal. So if you are mm. in the three months leading up to conception, our body during the first trimester actually pulls from nutrient stores that we put into our body three months prior. Wow. So yeah, isn't that cool? So not all prenatals are created equal. The ones that have a higher pill content, so for instance, like eight pills a day, are actually usually the best for you because they have larger forms of a nutrient called choline, which is a larger nutrient that gives you just one pill. Um, so to actually get the right amount of nutrients, a lot of times you'll see a higher pill amount. A lot of women avoid those. They're like, I don't want to take that many pills. When we actually look at the nutrient content, it is very beneficial for your body. Full well is what I really like for that. Dr. Kayla will give you a discount on that. So if you do want to order or order full well, Dr. Kayla will give you a little bit of a savings there. That is what I personally have switched to and have noticed a huge benefit there. Desiccated beef liver. Beef liver in and of itself can be mm -hmm. great as a really high nutrient-dense food. Again, there's so much that we could unpack here, but really overall eliminate those processed foods, focus on whole foods, but also give yourself some grace. If you are at a cookout, if you're going out with friends, like it's okay. The final thing from a nourishment standpoint would be alcohol. If you are, again, in those like three months leading up to conception, backing off to one to two drinks a week would be best for you and your partner because male and female um, contributions are significant for fertility. And then from an exercise standpoint, to jump into that real quick, a lot of women are over-exercising. So if you are leading up to conception and, for instance, your periods are irregular, that could be a sign that you are perhaps over-exercising and just need to tone it down. So that was the case for me personally. I um, was ex extremely active, you know, through high school and into college, and my periods weren't, weren't regular. So I knew I had to figure that out if I wanted to know when my fertile window was and I wanted to conceive yeah. a child. So 
um, finding out a good exercise routine where I could still run two to three days a week, but then weave in more things like yoga, Pilates that were a little bit less taxing to my system. That for me was able to help my body regulate and I could still stay, stay fit, still stay active, still stay strong, but just in a different way that wasn't doing high and workouts six days a week, 60 minutes per day, you know, like my body wasn't responding well to that from a hormone standpoint. So that is different for each person and you have to find what works for you. And that may differ from year to year as well. But that is also something I help clients break down is what is a good exercise routine that's going to support your body feeling safe for conception and support your cycle. Okay. This is why I love the holistic (laughs) approach because there's just so many ways we can support our body, like you said, from just managing stress to our environment, the products we use, how we're working out. Like it's really cool that there are so many ways that we can support our system and it doesn't have to be this total, like strict, just over the top regimented thing where you can't have fun and enjoy your life. You know, like that is very Mm -hmm. doable. And I love that you mentioned too, like you don't need to throw away everything in your house today. Just swap when you can, where you can, and that is supporting your body. And so during pregnancy then, what are some ways that those practices kind of translate for like emotional, physical, spiritual well-being during that Mm -hmm. time? Yeah. So the beautiful thing about making those decisions pre-pregnancy is that you've already set the stage for yourself. You already have a really Mm -hmm. bioavailable prenatal that you're using. You've already started swapping out household products. So that doesn't feel overwhelming, you know? Yeah. You just keep up with that. Like that all feels really good. Now during the first trimester, a lot of times women will feel nauseous and super fatigued. So that can definitely change things up from a nourishment and from an exercise standpoint. Mm. So what I like to remind women is you're pulling from those nutrient stores three months pre-pregnancy. So what you did then, you know, will support you now. So that can give some like reassurance. But then also just packing it in however you can. So perhaps a smoothie with some collagen powder to give you some more protein will be great. If you are still able to stomach coffee and you're drinking coffee, I usually do like half-calf, a scoop of collagen powder. And that is great because it's going to balance Mm -hmm. out your blood sugar levels while also giving you some protein, right? That's a great idea. Um, Yeah, I love it. Habit stacking is what I'm all about. So in terms of making things... (laughs) non-overwhelming for busy moms, add it, stack it. So you want to add more protein in, put it into something you're having every day already. Electrolytes, I recommend daily use, you know, because it's helping that water get to where it needs to go. Blood volume increases a ton during pregnancy. So that's where electrolytes are even, they're more important during pregnancy than what they were preconception. Um, So that is one I definitely would focus on more during pregnancy. And then, and that can help with nausea too, because a lot of times Hmm. women will get those symptoms when they're dehydrated, but they're like, I'm drinking a ton of water. I'll have them add in an electrolyte pack each day. And they're like, holy cow, that made a huge difference. I'm peeing less. Like I can actually tell the water (laughs) is getting where it needs to go and I'm not feeling thirsty all day. Yeah. So that's a game changer. But during first trimester, if you are just feeling kind of blah, slow down. Like that is your body's way of telling you, we are really focusing on creating this new life. Let's slow down. So for me, that means kind of clearing my schedule. If, if, you know, we find out we are pregnant, I am like, all right, we're going to take it easy the next two months. You know, let's let baby grow. Let's take care of myself. And what I find is when I do that, 
I'm not as stressed, right? I'm not thinking, oh, I have to clean the house because we're having people over for a cookout. I can just enjoy being with my family and and doing what feels good each day, you know? And sometimes there's things out of our control. You know, maybe you're at a wedding or you already have things planned. That's okay. But just taking that pressure off yourself to do all the things and just let yourself have that time to rest more and relax more and, you know, put your feet up. Just take it a little bit easier. And so movement wise, I really lean into longer walks, you know, Mm -hmm. fresh air, nature. So anytime you can get out on a walk or a little metro park hike, that might feel great. Yoga, Pilates, bar classes can feel really good versus those higher intensity workouts where it would increase that nausea sensation. But as we move into second trimester, a lot of times you get that energy back, you're feeling better, you are feeling up for returning to some of those activities you were doing pre-pregnancy. And that's all good and safe to do. The caution I give there is reminder that we lose muscle strength faster than we gain it. So if you're Mm. wanting to go back to strength training, for instance, and you just took two months off of it, start at a lower weight than what you were at before pregnancy, you know, ease into it because that's when we can see injuries occur if you just jump right back into something uh, after taking a little bit of time off from it. Same thing with running, you know, kind of walk jog program to ease back into it versus going full throttle and risk, you know, injuring yourself or just feeling completely wiped out and exhausted after. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So we want to feel our work, feel at the end of our workouts more energized, you know, and good about what we did and not like we need to spend the rest of the day on the couch exhausted. Totally. If you were feeling that, yes, then it was probably too intense of a workout for you. And that's okay. So maybe the next time you back it down in either intensity or in duration. So maybe you feel good with a 30-minute workout instead of a 60-minute workout. Um, so you adjust based off of what your body is telling you. Avoiding super high heat. During pregnancy is also a caution I like to give. So if you are somebody who enjoyed heated yoga pre-pregnancy, I like to recommend non-heated yoga. Um, You can risk getting lightheaded. You can risk decreasing blood flow to baby or overheating baby. And so for me, I'm like, it's just not worth it if there's other options that you can do, like a non-heated class. And then as you move into your third trimester, I like to focus more on birth prep. So how is your hip mobility? Are we able to diaphragmatically breathe and relax your pelvic floor muscles? Because during delivery, the pelvic floor muscles job is to actually get out of the way. So a lot of women think like, I need to strengthen my pelvic floor during pregnancy. Mm -hmm. No, you need to learn how to relax it. Uh, Yes, it needs to be strong. It needs to be strong to support your body during pregnancy. But in terms of like a vaginal delivery, that pelvic floor needs to know how to relax and get out of the way. Mm. So I do a ton of education for patients on that, diaphragmatic breathing, different pushing positions, deep squats for opening the top part of the pelvis, and then hip internal rotational mobility for opening the bottom part of the pelvis. Like there's so much we could do proactively to support the body for the birth experience that the mother wants to have. Uh, from a pelvic floor perspective. So that's really fun to tap into as well. I love that. So, I mean, let's be real. Pregnancy is just hard sometimes. And you touched on a few things like the nausea, the fatigue, or like being pregnant in the summer. It's tech. I'm in Texas and it is just Mm. so hot. Or if you have (laughs) another kid in the house, like there's just a lot going on sometimes. So what are some holistic techniques that you would recommend to help with maybe the hormonal emotional side of things to help maybe with the stress aspect? Yeah, that's a great question. I think 
tapping into nature can be huge. You know, first thing in the morning, I like to, right now my son's been my alarm clock. So my 20 month old (laughs) little boy, he just keeps getting up earlier. I'm like, dude, what's going on? So he's been my alarm clock. So I get him up and I just bring him straight outside. Like we just go straight down the stairs. We go outside as long as it's not raining. And like I step into the grass and just like being barefoot in the grass, taking a couple deep breaths of fresh air, hearing the birds chirp, seeing the sunrise, like it just puts me in such a good place, you know, versus being Mm -hmm. like, oh, you're awake early again. Let's like lay on the couch and watch a show until everybody else is awake. That can be so easy to do. But in terms of like cortisol spike, when you get that blue light on your eyes first thing in the morning, but either looking at your phone or watching TV, it, it starts your day not on a good note, right? It increases that mm. cortisol level and just can make you feel more anxious. So you may not yeah. intentionally know what you're doing, but like behind the scenes, like what it's doing to your body is that it can increase anxiety and kind of a, a frustration of like, why didn't they sleep in so I could get my morning workout in or things like that. Right. So yeah. 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 So getting morning sunlight, fresh air, and just that barefoot in the grass, that grounding, um, there actually is research to support that nature benefit on like our emotions and our mood and our hormones. So that is a really simple first moment of the day thing. And then coming in, having a glass of water, again, super simple, but like you're starting your day hydrated then. And then If you can, getting movement in. If you can start your day with 20 minutes of movement, again, from an emotional health standpoint, you're not all day being like, I didn't get my workout in, or when am I going to get my workout in, or even just feeling kind of stressed or on edge. Like when we exercise, we get those feel-good hormones released, those endorphins, it increases our strength, it increases our mobility, so we just feel less stiff, less uncomfortable, right? So I either go for a 20 minute walk with my kiddo or I bring him, we have like a little workout area down our basement. It's nothing fancy. Like literally I just roll out a yoga mat. I've got some weeds, some resistance bands and he'll play while I do 20 minutes worth of movement. Um, And so that would be kind of my suggestion for just like starting your day on the best note. But then in terms of managing like anxiety that comes up, throughout the pregnancy season, diaphragmatic breathing is so imperative. So Mm. I mentioned that earlier from like a pelvic floor standpoint, but also when you take a nice big inhale, you allow your diaphragm to drop and you allow your belly, your side ribs, your back and your pelvic bowl to expand in all directions, just like a balloon. And then you allow it to recoil in all directions as you exhale and you release that air. When we actually get that diaphragm movement, it taps into your vagus nerve which takes us out of that fight or flight response, that sympathetic nervous system and into our parasympathetic nervous system, rest and digest. So from an emotional health standpoint, that's going to help regulate your nervous system and make you feel less on edge. And so I tell my clients like have triggers throughout your day that remind you to do that. So Mm -hmm. if you're at a stoplight and you're running late for an appointment and you're like, Oh, I'm hitting every light, whatever. Instead, pause take two to three deep breaths. Like you can't do anything about making that light turn faster, right? But you can pause and you can take a few deep breaths to get you out of that higher stress state. Um, You can, yeah. So just incorporating that, you know, throughout your day. And then the final thing I'll mention in this category would be having 
like from a spiritual standpoint, having, you know, times where you set aside to pray or, you know, to have that quiet time. I think quiet time is so important because we are just constantly bombarded with information and with stimuli and just giving yourself moments of peace and quiet can be great. And maybe that's listening to a guided prayer or a guided meditation, or maybe it's just simply like literally being completely quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, but finding little pockets of time that are like that can just get and help you just calm and regulate that nervous system. That's so good. I love all of those. I'm like taking notes right now. I'm like, okay, I need to practice my breathing. I need to do yes. all the things. But then, okay, so moving into postpartum, which to me, honestly, it's still shocking that it's so overlooked a lot of the time. I'm glad that there are more people who are providing resources and help for this part. But I felt like when I had my son, who will be four this year, I just remember my postpartum check was like, all right, looks great. Have a great time with your baby. Bye. And I was just like, wait, what do I do? Like, I have this baby. I feel overwhelmed. My body is healing. What do I do? So what do you recommend during the postpartum stage? Mm -hmm. So first, it's all about rebuilding that foundation. And I will start working with women one-on-one as early as two weeks postpartum. A lot of times we're not told, you know, what what, what we are told is to come at six weeks for that checkup with your OB or your midwife. And they give you like the all clear, okay, you can return to intimacy, you can return to exercise. What does that mean? Like, okay, (laughs) I was running six miles before I had the kiddo. Like, could I just go right back to that? Like, right. And that's what I was seeing when I was still working in um, the medical center for sports medicine is I would see women, you know, three to four months postpartum who were like, I returned to exercise at six weeks and like, my body feels broken. I have hip pain. I have back pain. I have buttocks mm. pain. Like, uh, I feel broken. And that is just heartbreaking to hear. And the issue is that women are, are not educated on how to support rebuilding their foundation postpartum. So even if you were active during pregnancy, you're going to feel very different postpartum. Your, your body is no longer managing that extra pressure of baby in the front. Now those ab muscles have kind of recoiled back in, but they don't know how to contract and relax the same. They're over lengthened, right? Um, So it's all about first and foremost, reconnecting with your breath. So that nice diaphragmatic breathing where you can actually feel on the inhale, your pelvic floor lengthen, your abdominal muscles expand. And on the exhale to feel that pelvic floor contract or lift up and in, and those deep core muscles contract quiver at the base of your exhale. That is the very first thing that I start working with women on to reconnect with their breath, Mm. pelvic floor, deep core. That is going to support you then as we start doing different dynamic exercises to challenge that core a little bit further, specific strengthening exercises to target your side glutes and all those muscles that support your pelvis that just had to Mm. expand to allow baby through the birth canal. Or if you had a C-section, We had eight layers of abdominal tissue cut through to get to your baby. And so, you know, repairing the core and working on that scar tissue is super important. And again, that's a step that's often so missed, which just breaks my heart. Like every single woman should get a referral to physical therapy postpartum. Like that should be Mm. checkmark across the board. In France, that is what happens. Every single woman is given a physical therapy referral. It's amazing, right? 
if that was the case, we would do your referral. I would check your strength. You know, I would educate you on your breath. We would look at rib cage um, angle. A lot of times the rib cage is flared postpartum because it expands mm -hmm. as baby grows. So we need to help bring that down and in with some mobilizations. And these are things you can do on your own. So I, as a physical therapist, educate my clients on their areas that could use some additional help with healing through mm -hmm. movement. And sometimes, yes, they need my hands-on support, but a lot of times I'm showing them how they can do it themselves. And that mm. is what is super empowering is, you know, you don't need to see me multiple times a week to help support your healing. I'm going to show you what to do, you know, this week, come back in like two weeks and we will progress further, you know, okay, now yeah. these muscles are ready for this. And that is how we get this beautiful, like steady progression back towards the activities you enjoyed pre-pregnancy. And so that's where at the six week mark, we already now understand how to contract and relax pelvic floor, how to contract and relax core, and how to lift baby without straining our back, how to support your areas of tension and stress after breastfeeding or feeding your baby, right? Because right? it's very common to have headaches and back pain postpartum because we're sitting in one position cluster feeding, right? Um, so there's so much you can do to support your body before that six week mark. So that is like a big takeaway. I want everyone to hear from this conversation. But then after that six week mark, you know, making sure that you are slowly easing back into these activities. And ideally it would be with the guidance of a physical therapist who has education in the perinatal space. So mm. most of my colleagues in my sports medicine department, in fact, pretty much I would say all of them where I was working before did not have education specific to prenatal and postpartum care. It's, it's a specialty that we gloss over in our doctoral program, right? It's just like every single physician is not a gynecologist, right? Right. Because there are subspecialties within, within that field. And so making sure that the person you're seeking out has specific training in the space. Otherwise they're going to be like, yeah, you're not having specific pain or you're like, they're not going to know how to optimally right. guide you. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, super important to find somebody who, like, that is their area of expertise. Well, that's huge because I think I think that's just what women need to hear, especially going into postpartum, because there is so much pressure to, quote, bounce back. And so it makes sense. Like you're saying, there's it's so easy to feel that pressure, like, okay, six weeks, you're cleared. All right. I need to start a workout regimen. We're starting a new diet. We're doing all these things. And I remember doing that with my son, Jude. Um, and I did have a C-section with him. So my recovery time was a little longer, but mm -hmm. afterwards I was like, okay, it's time to bounce back. I need to get my body back in shape. And you know, like I was eating well, I was feeling my body. I was able to breastfeed for a long time, but I noticed the stress that like the toll it took on my body, the stress that I was feeling, it impacted my milk supply. It impacted a lot of things. And I wish I would have known that, that you, it took nine months to grow this baby. And it's not like you're going to go back in six weeks and just be ready to hit the ground running. Like it's just mm -hmm. too much. And so I think it's really important that you said that, like there are dangers to trying to bounce back and, and going too quickly with it. Absolutely. And research supports waiting at least 12 weeks before returning to running. And so when women are given the clear clearance at six weeks, like good to go, they think they can just go right back into it. And it's like, the pelvic floor is not ready for that. Like, oh, so um, just taking that pressure off ourselves, like it's okay. And understanding there are other things you can do to support your body to get back to your goals. 
it's just going to take a little bit of time and that's okay. And you touched on a really great aspect in terms of like bouncing back and then milk supply. If we're not nourishing our bodies optimally, so like with food and with hydration, and then we're also over-exercising, our body's like, well, what's going on? I, I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough nutrient stores yeah. to, you know, care for this little human and for you. And, and you both suffer, right? You know, it yeah. reduces milk supply if you are breastfeeding. And then for you, like, you're not optimally healing because you know, your body is kind of in that stress response that I don't feel safe mode. Right. right. Um, so yeah, just making sure too, you are giving yourself things like bone broth and continuing with collagen and continuing with a really good prenatal like the full well, um, because your body's still healing as it's also nurturing yes. and, um, you know, your little one. So it's a lot and taking that pressure off yourself. I, when I work with clients postpartum getting back into movement, the focus isn't on losing weight. The focus isn't on fitting into a certain size. The focus also on feeling strong, feeling empowered, mm -hmm. feeling supported in your journey. And guess what? The weight loss happens naturally when that's the focus, right? Like we don't once talk about weight in here. Like I'm in my office now and I'm like, we just, we, we don't, that's not, yeah. that's not a focus. But if you're focusing on supporting your nourishment and you're focusing on supporting your muscles and your breath, guess what? Those goals come right along with it because your body feels safe. It feels healthy. It feels supported. And that's what it needs to, you know, return to your ideal weight. And a lot of times women struggle with weight loss because of stress, right? If the body doesn't yeah. feel safe, it's going to hold on to all those fat stores because it, it doesn't think that it's in a safe space. And so, um, yeah, that's why don't, don't let that be a focus, you know, focus on feeling good, doing the activities you want to do, being active with your kiddo and the rest will come right along with it. That's such a good point because I mean, you know, you're a mom, the postpartum stage, it feels like so long when you're in it, but it really flies by. And I have just been preparing myself mentally for that stage that I'm about to go into yeah. in just a few weeks. It's crazy. Um, but just thinking like, okay, yes, I have goals to lose the baby weight, eat healthy, just feel good and strong in my body again. But I don't want that, like focusing on those things to take away from how sweet that season is. And it really does go by so quickly. And you, I mean, you mentioned a lot right there. That was so good. So kind of along that same vein, how do you recommend for new moms or, or moms in the postpartum season to continue caring for themselves, not only physically, but emotionally, spiritually, just because it is so much and you're caring for this little baby and your whole world has changed, but it's still so important to care for yourself yeah. too. It just looks a lot different. Yeah. So for me to kind of like pour into myself, I'm, I'm definitely like a type A person. I like to go, go, go. But for me to slow down is really hard. Um, so in that post, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I think we can relate, right? <laughs> so with my daughter, I had a really hard time like disconnecting with work. So she's my first. I would like scroll social media the whole time I was nursing her. Um, and I felt very like stressed and anxious and on edge. And I think it was because I wasn't, you know, take, I wasn't taking care of myself well. Right. So I learned from that experience. With my second, it was very different from like a, you know, emotional and spiritual health standpoint. I had a rule for myself that when I was nursing him, I wasn't going to be on social media. 
and mm-hmm. because you just that. mindlessly scroll. And so instead, I would listen to an audiobook or I would listen to a podcast or I would listen to Hallow app. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's like a, yes. it's a Christian based app. Yeah. So they have prayers and guided meditations. And so I would try to do that like for the first feed of the day to like, you know, start it off with kind of, you know, setting the foundation for the day from a spiritual perspective. And then, you know, with subsequent feeds later in the day, I would get my podcast and listen to something I was passionate about. Maybe it was a postpartum, you know, a topic such as today's where, you know, postpartum mom could listen to me like, oh, I'm learning things. Like, that's helpful. Yeah. And maybe in the evening I was listening to an audiobook that was more like fun, relaxed. So that was really cool because I felt like I was still, quote, doing something. And I was mm. also like sitting there looking at my baby the whole time, right? So yes. I was like so connected to him and didn't f- feel distracted elsewhere. But from my like type A, like wanting to do all the things, I was still like checking off some of those things of like, I want to read a book. I want to listen to a podcast, you know? Totally. Um, so that was really cool. And then I was super intentional about nourishing myself. I, the first time around was not great about it. Like, I will be honest. I, I, I like forgot about caring for myself because I was so focused right. on caring for her. Oh yeah. So and, true. Yeah. 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 And that hurt my milk supply and yeah, all those things. So with my son, I made sure to always have bone broth on hand. Um, if you save bones, like if you have a rotisserie chicken or if you have like bone in pork chops, like you can save your bones and freeze them and then make your own in the crock pot. That's like 12 hours water Mm. with the bones and then any like veggie scraps. Super easy. You just have to like have this stuff on hand. Or I would get it from like a local farm. So we have um, a local farm who like, you know, doesn't, everything's grass fed, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, And they make a bone broth, so I'll get it from them. Mm. Um, And just have that on hand because it's really good collagen support. It's warm, it's nourishing. Having a cup of that every day, putting a scoop of collagen in my coffee every morning. And then meal-wise, like be okay to, to accepting help. So if a friend wants to bring over a meal, absolutely let them, you know, don't say, oh, we're fine. If you're not, you know what I mean? Like right. it's okay to accept help during this time or, you know, to have your mom come over and, you know, help you cook up a few meals to have in the freezer yes. to just make things easier from that perspective. Have some go-to restaurants for takeout that are like good quality food, you know, not just a greasy pizza, but like a, a good, you know, power bowl or something like that that's going to have, you know, good protein, yeah, veggies, some carbs, you know, a good nutrient source for you. And then having snacks on hand. So like energy balls were great to have on hand just as a quick like snack grab when I was nursing between feeds. Um so yeah, that's kind of what all comes to mind from that season. I'm like reflecting back and it's, it's so interesting to, to think you, you do learn with each kiddo and sometimes you think you're good in the moment and then you look back and you're like, oh, I could have supported myself better in that season. And then the next time around, I think you learn from those experiences. So then you do, but it's the more information we can give to women who haven't been through it before, who have a need tools to help in this next season. Like that's, that's what we're here for, right? To just yes. help each other out. Totally. That's really, really good. And I think just doing what you can to support yourself in the little ways, like you said, having snacks on hand, having good nourishing things on hand. And I love the idea of not scrolling while you're breastfeeding because that was something with my son too. I have a Kindle this time around. So I'm like, I can't wait to just read and be present or like listen to a podcast, listen to whatever. That's such a sweet idea to 
be present. And like you said, still feel like you're doing something. Cause sometimes it's like, oh my goodness, cluster feeds a hundred times a day. Like I have, what is my life right now? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it really is such a sweet time and it can be easy to forget to care for yourself. But I think like you said as well, asking for help when you can, it's so mm -hmm. important. So before we go, I would love to know, is there anything else that you would like to say specifically to listeners who may be on their own journey with preconception, pregnancy, or postpartum? Yes. I would just like to say that there's, there's help. I have a group preconception course coming out really soon. And so, you know, if you are in that phase of your journey where you would like some support and not just resorting to Dr. Google and like this information <laughs> overwhelm, but just having like a trusted source to go through, I have a four week program coming out that I'm really excited about. I'm actually partnering with a functional medicine dietitian and a functional medicine nurse practitioner. So, so it's cool. not just going to be me. You also get to learn from those two, which from like a holistic approach, I'm so excited about. Yeah. And yeah, so that's really my focus is that before, during and after pregnancy journey. So, you know, starting with that before. And then if you are in the pregnancy or the postpartum phase and you need that one-on-one -on -one support, I'm here for you in that too and hope to offer group programs in the future to support you in that way as well. Just because... Sometimes we need that time flexibility, that time freedom where we can do it on our own time, right? Yeah. And so that's why I'm starting to create some content in that regard because one-on-one -on -one is awesome, but it sometimes can be really hard to commit to. And so if you have those videos that you can watch at any time and still get that trusted information, but in a little more flexible way and a more affordable way, um, that can be super beneficial. Totally. I love that. Well, thank you so much for your time. I'm so grateful for all the resources that you're putting out to help so many women because like you, we, like we've mentioned this whole time, it can be so overwhelming, but you guys, Dr. Kayla is a very trusted resource and she has so much more information. So before you go, can you please tell everybody where they can find you, get your resources, get connected? Yes. So you can find me on socials at Dr. Kayla Borchers. And then my website, drkaylaborchers.com. So you can reach out to me via DMs or via email, contact info that you'll find on my website. So again, everything's just under Dr. Kayla Borchers. And I am so excited to connect with you all. Thank you so much for having me, Hannah. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune into another episode of the ByWords show. I love having you here and I'm so thankful for your support. Don't forget to share a screenshot of this episode to let me know you were here. I can't wait to talk again soon, but in the meantime, be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram and remember, I am cheering you on.